If you're like brand new here, and this is one of your first Sundays, my name is Matt Carlson. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm excited for this morning. I'm excited for what's happening in the life of this church. We're going to be talking about what's happening in the life of this church. We're starting this new series this morning called uh, Boulder Valley DNA, and just going to be talking about who we are as a church kind of where we're focused, and also where we're going. And so that's going to be coming over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to start by talking, and it's actually pretty interesting. You know, when things fit together really well, like, come on, we plan a service, right? We say, oh, hey, we're going to have this thing, and then this thing. You say, hey, let's make sure this thing fits with that thing. And we, we plan to have good transitions and stuff. But then when things happen that we didn't plan that fit together really well, it makes me lean in a little bit more and say, huh, I'm, I am grateful. It's not just like responsibility of a staff to put together a service and that the Lord is actually stitching things together and working things in the life of this church. Uh-huh. And today we're going to talk about transitions. Transitions. Transitions in life, transitions in I don't really like calling this an organization, but the, the organization level of Boulder Valley Christian Church. Are you facing any transitions in your world right now? Are you good at endings and beginnings? Does that stress you out, me just saying that? Uh, this, I'm not, at the end of this sermon, I'm not going to like announce I'm leaving or I don't like... <laughs> Okay, just to get, just, yeah, yeah, why is there a bunch of sighing right there? Um, that, so I'm, I'm not like setting us up for anything. I'm not just, so just let that down. I'm not announcing anything. But in life, I mean, a life well lived and just in life and in a life of faith, we walk through many transitions and, and times of change and shifting. And so as we launch into who we are as a church and what God has called us to, uh, I'm excited to start with transitions this morning. So if you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to be, I'm going to, the primary scripture I'm going to be teaching out of and that we're going to look to this morning is in the Old Testament, the book of Ezra. What? in the Old Testament. It might take you the whole time to find it. Um, I'll, also put, I'll also put it up on the screen. I, I need to give you a little bit of context that in the Old Testament, what's happened here is that the, that the people of God, the people that God has called to have set apart and have their identity in him, that he's continued to say, hey, follow me, do what I say, walk in my ways, and it will go well for you. This is, this is where life is. And they say, okay, uh, never mind. And they keep walking off and going on their own ways. He says, no, no, follow me and my ways. Okay, never mind. And over and over until God says, finally, like, walk in my ways or it is going to go really bad for you. And it goes really bad for them. And that Jerusalem is totally destroyed. The temple where they worship is completely demolished. And, and many are killed and slaughtered. And it's a horrendous uh, you know, just massacre. And then people are taken off into Babylon, into exile. And, and God's people, God's set apart people in the land he gave them, all of a sudden are 
utterly destroyed and living in a foreign land in exile. And they're there for 70 years. And after 70 years, because God is faithful, says, okay, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back to the land I promised. And so he works through kings and leaders who actually don't even know him and don't even follow him. And he says, listen, my, my hand is over history. And my plans and my purposes will happen. And the people come back from exile into Jerusalem. And they get there. And the first thing that they do is they set up an altar, a place where they can lay their sacrifices. It's a place of worship. The first thing they do is make sure that the thing that needs to be first is is put first. And they say, God, we're going to make an altar and we're going to worship you. We're going to worship you. And and so the people make this altar and then they say, okay, next, God's calling us back and we're going to build the temple. And the temple is the building where God's presence would reside. And and they said, okay, we're going to build this temple. And, And so we're getting ready. So they all come together and they're going to build the temple because the old one was absolutely destroyed and they're getting ready to build it. And that's where we're going to pick up. That's what we're going to pick up. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, is where we're going to start. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the builders lay the foundation, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by King David all the way back. And with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. They're celebrating. And and, and the priests have vestments, and I want vestments, and I don't even know what they are. And, but they wear this stuff, and they've got symbols, and they're going to celebrate. And they say, okay, we're going we're to get all the people, and, and we're going to come around. And what do they sing? What, what are they reminded of? What, what do they put their focus on? The Lord is what? His goodness. Lord, you are good. Yes, you have brought us back. Yes, you, you have transitioned us out, out of this time of exile and, and brought us back. And we're laying the foundation. We set up an altar and our worship's going to be rightly directed. And, and we're going to seek your presence and have a place for your presence. And we're going to celebrate this. And this is like this great time of excitement. And, and it's coming back. And we're leaving there. And we're back here. And we're doing a new thing. And it's excellent. God, you are good. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yes. There's a shout of praise. We don't know. It doesn't like give us all these details. Why are they praising? Why are they shouting? I mean, they are back. Yes, Lord, we are back. God, you are faithful. You have not forgotten us. You made a way. We came back and we, and we celebrate what you're doing. God, God we're doing something that, that is our own, that, that the devastation of the past isn't what most defines us, but, but you have something for us in the future and we're doing a new thing. We, we were stuck in a foreign land and, and did not have our own place to worship, but you've called us back. Yes, we praise you. You are good. You are good. In our own land, I'm starting to hear stories of people 
whose homes were lost in the fire. And, and, they're, and they're saying, listen, we're, we're getting ready to break ground. We're getting ready to lay the new foundation. And you know what we want to do? We want to have a party. I, I, I've been invited to a few of these. Come and let's cel- celebrate with us. The devastation of what happened isn't what most defines us. And we're going to celebrate moving into a new day. We're going to, and the importance of celebrating that. Come on. But the scripture keeps going. And look at this. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. Those who had seen the former wept, the older generation. Now, again, it doesn't tell us. We don't know why are they weeping. We do know that this temple is smaller The second temple was smaller than the first temple. Are they weeping because, oh no, this, what was will never be again. What was will not be as good as what is. All of our life and our memories were in what, what was. And it's a new day and now we have what is and we know that we're going to die soon. Our memories were with the old, not the new. And they weep. Maybe, maybe they weep because they remember the, the battle and they remember all that was lost. Maybe they have family members who were killed and they're weeping and they're weeping as they remember. Seeing the new thing come up, they're remembering what was lost. Maybe they wept because they were overwhelmed knowing life was going to go on without them and that soon they would be dying. We don't know. But no one could distinguish the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping. No one could distinguish that. Because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard from far away. And I am just so struck uh, by this picture, this recount of history here, that, that these two opposing experiences happening at the same time. I know enough to know that even on a Sunday morning here, there are those that, that when we spend time worshiping, that, that you, you get moved and you have mornings where you are worshiping God and you just there's tears of gratitude and of joy and there's someone sitting behind you, and you maybe know it, and you maybe don't, and they're tears of pain and sadness and agony as they seek the Lord. And that even on a same Sunday here, we have shouts of joy and shouts of mourning. And this experience of opposing experiences, it doesn't even have to be with just different people. Like, hey, oh, I'm happy today. I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm sad. I'm mourning. Different people. 
Sometimes you can have the same experience within yourself. Especially in times of transition. We can have joy and sadness in the same scoop. We mourn an ending and celebrate a beginning. And it's happening together. Lucas, I'm throwing this in here just off the cuff. Lucas Holmberg over there, um, Monarch High School, played Centaurus High School in football on Friday night. My kids all happened to go to uh, Centaurus High School, the better high school. And, <laughs> and the Holmbergs all go to Monarch High School, and, what, that other high school. And, uh, and uh, so there's like this, the, the game is coming down, it's super close. There's uh, Centaurus is charging down, and also we're going for his first down, and, the, and we get tackled and like stopped on fourth down. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then, uh, and then, gosh, why do I get emotional? Then over, over, the, over the loudspeaker, they say, excellent tackle by Lucas Holmberg. And I'm like, <laughs> and I feel it. I'm like, dang it. Yes, dang it. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the example, man. It was a good tackle. <laughs> Monarch did win that game, too. Anyway, moving on. Let, let me speak to our church as a whole for a minute. Let's just think about the past year. Uh, it, was, it was exactly almost a year ago, and, and I stood in front of us, and I said, hey, we, we are going to be updating this room, and the gathering room is going to get updated. And, and before we paint it, the walls, we're going to do something. We're going to put pins out, and we're going to write on these walls. You remember this? And we said, we're going to plaster the walls with praise. We're going to look back and remember what God has done in the life of this church. And, and we're going to share, we're going to write kind of testimony, praising God for what he's done. So we went and we filled these back walls up with stories and recounting. I remember, God, when you did this. I remember when this happened in my family. I remember when this church stepped up for me in these ways. And we wrote it all over these back walls before we painted it. And then, and then we said at the end of that time, we said, okay, we're going to go out back. And God's doing a new thing, and we're recognizing a new day in the life of our church. And we went out back to the cross. You guys remember this? And we pulled a plow that symbolized when 30 years ago, when they pulled a plow here to break ground, to build the foundation, and to build this building. And we went out, and we pulled this plow. And, and, then, and then we had this. We came together, and look, at, I was in my vestments. And uh, <laughs> I was wearing my vestment. And... Uh, and this up, we, we like said the Lord's Prayer together, and, and we had planted seeds in the ground. And we said, God, you're going to spring up, you're, you're bringing up new things and new fruit, and we trust you in this new day. And we plant seeds out there by the cross, and we have this moving moment, and then we, we're going to paint the walls, and we're like, yes, this is so awesome. It was like a month and a half later that fire swept through. And, and the cross where we planted the seeds is on CNN. They're saying, this building, it looks like there's no way this building's going to make it. 
And that fire came across and it burned up the seeds we threw down. Huh. Huh. And the, and the fire wrapped around this building. And the firefighters came up and sprayed and this building was spared. And this building was spared. And we said, hey, this building was spared. We need to make sure we use it. You know? And so people came in, and they, they, but they heated the building, and, and, and the building was spared. We said, we need to use this building to help our community. And so Samaritan's Purse pulled into town, and hundreds and hundreds of homes, people went out, thousands of people went out to serve sifting at hundreds of homes and helping homeowners just find the smallest bits of memories and remains. And nine families within our family lost homes. And over $100,000 was given and, and continues to be given out to help those families and, and care for those families. The grief seminar, someone said something to me about the grief seminars, even coming out of that. You guys remember that first it, maybe you weren't here, but right after that happened, we gathered at Flatirons Church. They opened up their doors, and they said, hey, come, come and worship. You can, here's a space for your church to worship. So we had smoke damage and whatnot. And so we worshiped there, but it was, we mourned. There was, there was a level of we need to lament together, and we're going to trust God and be very sad and come around some of the families who, who had lost the homes. The grief seminar is a part of that, saying, listen, we need to recognize that we have gone through a lot of difficult things, and the fire is but one. And then we updated this gathering room, kind of our, our altar, set up the altar first, that, that this gathering room, this is a place that we gather to worship. And, and it's a new day in this room. And there's clarity around the culture, who we are. We're excited about the growth of this church. We're excited about the direction of this church. We're excited to do launch this morning that, that a number of us are coming to. So, okay, who, who are you as a church? And if you're not signed up, Ashley, can I do this? If you're not signed up, just come if you want to come. Uh, I'm, I think that was a yes. Um, you know, and so if you're visiting or you're new and you're like, hey, I am kind of feeling called into this church. I want to know more. Come to launch today. We're doing it this Sunday and next Sunday. It's a two-part thing. But of who we are as a church and where we're going and who you are and, and how you can maybe fit in and be a part of this. So I'm excited to share over the coming weeks uh, where we're being led as a church, the adventure and the mission that God has us on, what he's doing with Emmy, other people that are going to stand up and step up. It's also going to take sacrifice and it's going to cost us something. Worship, true worship always does. Obedience always does. Uh, we got many new life groups that are starting. Alpha has new facilitators. We need more people to sign up for Alpha. People that are interested in, in asking questions about God and faith and life and say, hey, I think I got a lot more questions than answers. I, I want to go to this and be able to talk with some people about that. Maybe some of us need to invite some friends to Alpha. Many people are visiting, they're choosing to stay. Kids ministry, I, I love it when I'm up here talking and I hear them jamming out behind us. Tyler's leadership, him coming back from sabbatical, Oz doing excellent uh, with Roots, all right. Worship, 
uh, I'll just point out, you know, you know the worship pastor, Drew? She's right there. You know, you know when we worship today, you know where she's going to be? Right there. Right there. <laughs> right there, because Sister Suze, which I've never called for. Where are you, Suze? There you are, Super Suze. Sue's delicious. Uh, Sue's leading us in worship this morning. And, and you just keep getting people that are stepping up and developing in leadership and ownership here. And a fully alive life and a fully alive church will have many transitions. And there will be aspects we mourn and aspects we celebrate. Transitions are a sign of health. So let me speak to us as individuals now. We're going to take some time this morning collectively to reflect individually. All I mean there is like, I'm going to give you some time to think without me talking. We're going to take time to reflect, to be present, to seek the Lord about beginnings and endings, navigating life transitions. You. What is God doing in your life right now? What are the transitions that you're walking through? What are the things that are ending? and things that are beginning. So we're going to do a little practice here together. And let me just tell you, this is the meat of the sermon. Okay? And, and what we're going to do is be very intentional to seek God on our own here. And, and so I'm going to ask you to, like, Shake it out, you know, get, get comfortable, put your feet on the ground, because um, this has a chance to be real uncomfortable, because we're going to sit here in quiet for a number of minutes and seek the Lord. So maybe, you can do this at home, in the car, don't close your eyes if you're listening to the sermon and driving. Um, Take a deep breath. Hmm. Just get present to how you feel. Relax. Even as we, as we read through that scripture and that picture as we talk about the life of our church and over the last year, what are some things that have been stirred up in you? What resonates? Lord, I pray you would speak to us this morning. Let's start with, in transitions, let's start with the beginnings. Let's start with what we're celebrating. 
What is God calling you to embrace? The new thing. Lord, help us to welcome uh, the new things you have for us. Help us be able to celebrate, to be grateful, to be trusting as we move into it, to be open to a new thing that you're doing, a new phase of life, a new opportunity. Father, we want to recognize that so often in healthy transitions, there's another side, that there's a mourning and a loss as well. And so now we as a church individually uh, seek, and I just ask you, what, what are you mourning right now? What is ending? What is God calling you to set down? Father, we do not rush. We, we do not rush this. We desire to do a thing well more than do a, do a thing quickly.
I would love to, uh, I would love to take time and go around and just hear some of what the Lord is pointing out or putting a light on, reminding you, revealing to you. Uh, that's what life groups are for, I guess, and us being in, in relationship. But I know that he, he did speak there and probably still wants to. Um, and so, Lord, may we, the, the things maybe that you give us, help us lean into what it is you're showing and speaking. We don't run from transitions. We don't run from even sometimes dueling emotions or experiences within ourselves. We don't shove one down and put all the light on another one. Lord, help us be healthy enough to hear both and kind of emote both at the same time even. John chapter 12, Jesus is speaking, and he says these words. He says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. For eternal life. We need to lean into transition because this is a process by which God brings new life, multiplication, growth. Unless that seed dies, it's not going to sprout something new and multiply. And Jesus says this, if you love your life, lose it, hate it, you'll keep it. We need to be careful there. Loving our life and losing it, don't confuse it with like, I need to hate myself and my life is horrible. That's not it. Think of what Jeff Benson, who spoke last week, what he taught us last week. He said, listen, the goal of, of suburbia is comfort and convenience and safety and security. And, and, and he says, hey, these aren't bad things like to, to experience, but they are horrible things to build an altar for and to worship. And if you build your life around comfort and convenience and safety and security, you will lose your life. You will be packed with anxiety. You will not be able to control it all, which is what you're trying to do. No, hate that. Lord, let me put first things first. I had this thought as I was, this, so I was thinking, I was like, it's like a mom who, um, whose kid is growing up and, gonna, and going off to college. You guys don't see any of this in my life, right? <laughs> and going to college and like a mom who like, uh, I, I want to keep my kid a kid. I never want to grow up because I like being a mom or I like that phase or I like that thing. And it's like, it's this good, yeah, this gift of being a mom or a dad and caring for our kids, but, but if we're getting identity in weird ways and not letting them grow up and go out and do all their thing, no, Lord, let it die. Let, that, that, like that, let those transitions happen. 
Instead, God, may I hold the temporary things knowing that they are temporary. And in my holding loosely of the temporary, allow me to be firmly focused on what's eternal, on what most matters. And as seeds fall to the ground, we don't lose this. As seeds, this analogy that Jesus says, the seeds are going to fall to the ground and multiply and the wheat's going to come up and you're going to be able to harvest it and eat and it will sustain you. It will be food. In the same way that the seed falls to the ground to feed man, the Son of Man dies to provide for all of humanity. Jesus is saying, I am going to model this for you. It's actually the means of your salvation and what sense is going to set you free. I'm going to freely give up my life and I'm going, to, I'm going to walk into a difficult transition, right? I'm going to give myself for you. I will die that you may live. I will give of myself. I will sacrifice and suffer that you may receive. And then walk as I walk because in these ways is life. And you're going to have transitions that you're going to need to mourn and it's going to be hard. But God says, trust me in this. Let me birth something new and be able to celebrate that. I mean, I just imagine, and I'm not exploiting, friends. I'm not exploiting those of us who lost our homes. I didn't. But, but the feeling of excitement, and yes, Lord, a new thing, and the feeling of loss, together all mixed up. And so we look to higher things and eternal things. And we recognize that we follow a God and we have given ourselves to a king who modeled dying to self. And, and, and what springs up so much greater. Um, so let's take communion together right now. Some of us maybe are like, maybe don't have it back here. And if someone could give me one because I don't have one. Uh, someone's throwing it, but I can't see. Let's stand up. In our life, even before we, uh, and I read an obituary this week, uh, a woman named Donna Bro, who some of us know, many of us don't. She passed away a couple weeks ago. When I became the lead pastor, she'd come up to me and in this witty way, she'd say, uh, I'm the longest member of this church. And I said, well, yes, you are. And, she, and I like you. And I said, well, I'm glad for that. And she was a, 
And she was, I, I don't know, maybe at the beginning of this church, in the 60s, she was a part of this church. About 10 years ago or eight years ago, she moved up to uh, Loveland and had memory and she passed away. Even before we die, friends, we go through many transitions in life. And God calls us to let a thing down and let a new thing come up. And we hold in our hands the, the symbols that are death and life. And through his death, we have life. And so as we've sought him this morning, as we've been put into this picture, uh, we hold in our hands in faith, Lord, we're going to take communion. We're going to receive communion in what you did for us. And we're going to trust that you will continue to lead us in the things we need to set down and the things we need to pick up. Help us to mourn well the losses. Help us to celebrate deeply the new days. Help us to live fully in you. And he said, this, um, this matzah, it's a symbol of my body. It's been given. My body is given for you. Take and eat. And the cup, it's the promise of the new covenant. It's a cup of redemption. It's his blood. It's sealed in his blood. God, you care so deeply about us, and you call us into what is ultimately life. But you paid for it um, with your blood. And it's freely given, but it was earned. And so, Lord, we receive, take and drink. Hmm. <laughs> so in the crinkle of our cups, uh, we say, Lord, thank you for this morning. Let's move into a time and worship uh, the Lord through song. Sue's come and lead us. Uh, we're going to have a few people in the back praying if the Lord's stirring something in you. And we say, we're church and wants to know one another and we pray for one another. We think God works through us. So if you have something to pray about, go in the back and someone from the prayer team would love to just pray with you. All right.